25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's do it. Y'all know what time it is. Yeah. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, say it with me. Go! With the home team at Farm Bureau, their local insurance agents in all 82 counties in Mississippi. And they are your hometown heroes. People that are from your hometown, your home county. They know you, you know them, your kids go to school together, you're rooting for the same team on Friday nights. That is your local Farm Bureau agent, and give them a chance if you haven't already. Look them up, see who they are and who to contact and how at favrates.com. Got it? Go to favrates.com, click on Find an Agent by County or by City, and there they are. All right, so welcome in hour number two. I am super excited about a couple things. First up, Peter Burns, one of our favorites. Peter Burns from the SEC Network and ESPN is going to be on the show in just a few minutes. Just a few minutes. We'll get him up if everything goes according to plan. And chat football with him. And this idea, I think uh, Chris's question, who called in at the end of hour number one, listening in Louisiana, I think Chris's question about are we certain that Tua now is still the you know best quarterback in the conference? He's doggone good. He's top five pick good. <laughs> but what Joe Burrow is doing as this big, long, tall guy, man, he and LSU are putting up numbers unlike anything we have ever seen. That is not an exaggeration. I'm going to look it up. I want to confirm this before I just throw it out there as fact. But somebody was trying to tell us and convince us that according to stats – LSU scored more points in the first four games of a season than anybody in SEC history. And there's been some good ones. Those Spurrier teams at Florida. Yeah. Those Tim Couch teams at Kentucky. and There's been some good ones. Those Alabama teams. So, you know, if Burrow keeps it up, he's going to give Tua a run for his money this year, huh? And it's good. It's good for college football. It's good get more teams at the top. It's top-heavy. It's only going to get more top-heavy. But maybe we can throw a few other teams up there at the top, huh? Why not? Why not? Now, the text line. I got some things here for you on the text line. First up, Norman texted in earlier, and he said, Matt, is it just me or has Auburn not played as well at home versus their road games in the last couple of years? We need to not beat ourselves with penalties and turnovers and see what happens. Well, see, that's one thing. Now, if you'll go back and look, and it's posted in several different places, one place where Joe Moorhead's entire uh, 
Game Week press conferences posted is on my Facebook page. <clears throat> Hail State Productions makes the video available for for some folks, uh, media, all media. And I took it, posted it on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Posted it earlier today. And if you'll watch that, you'll see that at one point he gets a question about, you know, playing on the road versus at home. And last year they weren't nearly, you know, quite as good and put together on the road as they were in their home games. And he talked about some of the things. This is from Mississippi State's perspective of he talked to the leadership on his team about, you know, what do they need to do a little better this year to make sure they're better prepared to go on the road. Your point is about Auburn. You're saying that, you know, in, in your eyes, maybe they haven't played as well at home as they have on the road, and and maybe there's some truth to that. But this series, if you look, this series, this, this Auburn-Mississippi State series is one where the home team, year in and year out, has played much better. The one oddball was, I guess, 2016 at State. Auburn went in there and Ran State out of there. That was just kind of the one. But but over a pretty good little stretch of time here, you know, the home teams have played much better than the road teams in this particular matchup in this particular series. Just something to think about. I don't really have a strong take on it one way or the other just because I think you know year to year, teams are different. It is tough to go on the road. And Auburn, I love the atmosphere there. It's one of, it is you know one of my favorite trips, no doubt about it. Hey, let's do something right here. Let's talk a little football with one of our friends from ESPN and the SEC Network. He's Every time you turn the television on, he's like on there doing something. And so whenever I text Peter Burns of the SEC Network to see if he'll come on my show, I almost feel a little guilty because I know I'm interrupting something. <laughs> I just don't know exactly what it is. But here he is, our friend Peter Burns on your radio right now. Peter, what did I interrupt this time? Uh, actually, you know, me and Todd Walker are actually playing a little Fortnite this this afternoon. So yeah, SEC baseball legend Todd Walker and I got together and we're like, you know what, let's kill a little time in our our downtime. So uh, long way of saying that you have uh, absolutely, you know, not interrupted anything. (laughs) Anytime that we can talk a little college football, we're in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time very much. And hey, uh, from a Mississippi State perspective, I get to make the trip to Auburn. It's personally, on a selfish note, I like it. It's kind of like I get to go back home. I have family in Alabama, but it's one of my favorite road trips every other year going to Auburn. It's so collegiate. I like to use that word collegiate because, you know, 85, yeah. 90,000, it's big, but I got the Eagles circling their stadiums in the smack middle of campus. What are your favorite road trips in the SEC? Um, you know, it's, what's funny is my favorite road trips in the SEC are actually going outside of the footprint. Like, I mean, we looked at LSU going to Austin, and I remember – you know, being an LSU fan growing up, I went to the Washington game a while back. And, you know, I know that that's that kind of – that's not the question you ask, but okay. I, I love it whenever we can get these home-and-homes, right? Like, I yeah. love I loved what we got out of Georgia-Notre Dame. I loved what we got out of LSU-Texas, even Clemson and A&M. Um, because, hey, we, we get that Auburn-Mississippi State, you know, uh, matchup in the, on, on, at Jordan-Hare every other year. It's the things that, like, come out of nowhere – that I'm just like, all right, this is fun. And I think, you know, every single one of these home-and-homes, Matt, we've seen great games so yeah. far, right? Like, there hasn't been just one-sided blowouts 
the crowds love it. And, you know, I look, I watch the old Miss game against Cal and I'm looking at the dang, um, you know, I'm looking at the dang, um, crowd and there's hardly anybody in the stands. And I'm like, we got to do a better job of, 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 of scheduling these marquee uh, uh, games going forward. Well, you know, in the week before, <clears throat> excuse me, State had Kansas State at 11 a.m. and did not have a good crowd. Of course, it's blooming hot, but right, you know, if you play them at night, it's a little different. I guess it just depends. But but on that note, since you like you mentioned Georgia Notre Dame, Nick Saban has this idea, and he talked about it at media days. He wants to play more Power Fives. You know, he says, "Hey, let's just play 12 mm-hmm. games in the Power Five. Where do you fall in that argument? And listen, I, I fall where, listen, if, if Saban says it, it's pretty much he's bizarre, right? I mean, he's thought about it. And I see I see the pros and cons either way, right? Like, mm. I see the small schools like, you know, Austin P or like, like Charlotte, for instance. I talked to Will Healy, the head coach of Charlotte. They just got blown out by Clemson. But he's like, guess what, man? He's like, all, you know, that guaranteed dollar amount that we just got was huge for it. You know, I mean, that helped pay the, the, the salaries of, a volleyball coach and stuff like that for the athletic department. So I see both sides of it. Um, the thing is, is ultimately I hope that when Matt, whenever the college football playoff expands in 2024, cause I, I have no doubt that it will. I, I, I'm not saying I like it, but I just know that it will expand. I just hope that we get to a point where we can come together by 2024 and all the conferences say, Hey, here's the deal. These are the ground rules. You know, it's right now college football is a golf tournament. Nobody's playing off the same set of teeth. And, and I, you know, and I don't blame if I'm the SEC, why play eight conference, why play nine conference games, right? If, if what you're doing is working. So, um, again, I don't, I don't blame Saban for the way that they schedule right now. And I don't blame any of the teams, but I'm hoping all of that changes with the next couple of years, at least by 2024. Peter Burns on your radio right now. Uh, ESPN SEC Network. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already at Peter Burns ESPN. So freshman, I, I started today's show. It just kind of struck me. I'm looking at stats the league sent out, looking at the freshman stats, and doggone man, Bo Nix, Garrett Schrader, got a couple of freshman yeah. running backs at Ole Miss, and and not to mention uh, Corral at Ole Miss. He's redshirt freshman, a first year player. We're kind of seeing a freshman takeover in some ways, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, and we've seen it. Obviously, Trevor was huge, and a Torres Tua coming in for second and twenty-six, it kind of led the way. But you know, I think the days of hey coming in, uh, you know, old guys like you and Doring, I, I give hell to, but I'm like that. That type of football is is changed right now, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. now these guys have an opportunity to play in league, to play in high school, where they're hey they're ready to play this style of football right here, right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm actually kind of concerned right now of, you know, how do you get upperclassmen to redshirt? I don't know. You know, obviously, you know, you saw this, this huge news about Derek King. Yes. Uh, and him coming in and, and deciding to redshirt. Let me ask you this, Matt. You're a lot smarter when it comes to football than I am. What if you have a situation where you've got A&M, or let's say you got Joe Moorhead, and you're like, you know what, i got a couple of guys that I would love to have one, at least one more year with. And I know that the team is not going anywhere this year. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to say, hey, you know what, man, you, I mean, you're not going to the NFL, but would you mind red-shirting so you can come back and help this team one more year? Do you think there would be enough upperclassmen that would do what De'Ara King did for programs? Well, especially quarterbacks, because you know what? Peter, um, 
If Joe Burrow continues what he's doing this year, he transferred from Ohio State, right? Look at the difference in Joe Burrow year one at LSU versus year two. And I know there's an offense and coordinator change and stuff. But I think you're on to something because I think people – there will be coaches and players who will point to Joe Burrow as an example if this holds up, (laughs) and it will, and they'll say – Look, man, just you know, an extra year in the program on that campus to kind of get into it and develop, and look what you could do because you know you have the ability. You just need the time to do it. They're going to use Burrow as an example, I believe. Well, and and the question is, is would a fan base be okay with that? Would State, would Ole Miss, like A and M, for instance? You didn't hire Jimbo Fisher and give him a 10-year, $75 million deal because you you wanted a national championship in 2019. Like no, no one knew in second year. That's not what was expected. So I looked at it. If I'm Jimbo, I'm like, if there's maybe two, and it's not a bunch of guys, but if there's, let's say, three seniors on this team that they're not going to go play in the NFL, but you know what? They love playing Aggie football. It's good for them. They want to finish their degree, and they have a place on this depth chart. They they are good players. What would prevent Jim, Jimbo from, from talking to those guys like De'Ara King and say, hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, we're probably going to go eight and four this year. I get it. Maybe seven and five. But next year, we play North Texas and Colorado and, and a bunch in, in Abilene Christian. We got a chance to make a run and we're going to be really good next year. Would you redshirt? I just think that if players are going to take advantage of the four game redshirt, can we get, were we ever going to get to a point where teams do the same and tell their guys, Hey, this year's kind of a lost cause. Let's hit the pause button right now. Could you sell that to a fan base? Yeah. You know, and I just remember there were some coaches a couple of years ago, Peter, who would bring up this idea. It sounded so outlandish, but that was before they gave them four games in their redshirt year, which was a huge step forward when coaches would say, why not just let them play five years? Right. And and yeah. and now, now that we've got in our pocket a year or two of this four games in your redshirt year thing, I'm starting to go, yeah, well, why don't we just let them play five years? In essence, right? Because then you're not trying to do this fuzzy map. And, and if it, you knew, hey, you have an opportunity to play five years, right? Mm-hmm. You can go hopefully get your graduate graduate degree or you can at least, you know, get your degree because ultimately that's what it comes down to, Matt. It's all about, you know, <laughs> football's fun, but it's all about the student athletes, right? Yeah. Wink, wink. And, and so I look at it and I'm like, why not? give those guys that because you know all of a sudden these coaches are not only are they having to recruit right now against the transfer portal they're having to recruit against other teams or having to recruit now against the four game red shirt rule and so to me it would be a whole lot easier after about two or three years they see this and go you know what let's just make it hey you got five years of eligibility it ain't gonna kill anybody um, let's do it and give these kids an opportunity to 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 graduate into play because some of these guys, this is the last competitive football they're ever going to play. They're not going to make it to the next level, and maybe that would help Matt with some of the parity in college football because I do feel like it's a bunch of the super mega yachts that are just one percenters now. No doubt, Peter Burns on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. And I know there are some, you know, derivative questions then about, you know, signing classes and things. But, you know, I just think it, it, giving them five years, it's such a small window in their life anyway. You know, and these guys are on campus for five years anyway, theoretically, if they redshirt. And it's like, it makes sense because then the coaches, Peter, can say, 
well, we had players leave, but we can play the first-year guys. We can get players in. And and you're right, it kind of pulls back the shade. We just have to figure out, we'd have five classifications. So it'd be freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and what, grad? Right, fine bomb. I think that would be the old <laughs> people. The old guys would be called fine bombs is what they would be called. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, we um, we would have some fun with it. But and then again, but here's the deal, right? Like, we have this, and it's a fun conversation on radio. Mm-hmm. But now when we start getting into the co- topic of NLI, right, name, likeness, and image, you know, it, these are complex deals. Yeah, and we've are. seen in the red, red shirt rule, we've seen in the, in the transfer portal, these unintended consequences. You know, there's only so many scenarios you can work through. And, like, what if this happens? Okay, well, how will this school take advantage? What will the players do? What does this bring up? That, these are easy issues. Once you start getting into NLI stuff, it, it's not it's not just clean cut, right? It's not right. real simple. Just oh, hey, let the kids go uh, sign. Okay, well, are you capping how many endorsements that they can do? Um, you know, is there a clearinghouse for it? Do they pay taxes? Now, do you still give them a scholarship? I mean, there's a million different questions, and that's why I'm not a big fan of the Californias and the South Carolinas and the North Carolinas and New Yorks that are coming in and passing these laws. Because it's fine and dandy to pass these laws, but then they pass it and they walk the hell away. They don't have to figure out how to institute them. So, listen, I'm no NCAA fan, but I am a fan of the NCAA in trying to figure this out. Because I think it's at least forced their hand, Matt, mm-hmm. to where, okay, now let's put a group together and make sure we do it a way that makes sense for everybody as opposed to just the wild, wild west. You know, and Peter, I wonder... At what point are they going to have these, you know, the decision makers, like you say, this is forcing them to, you know, you get together and we're going to try to figure this thing out. How could it work? And at some point, I believe the light bulb is going to come on in that meeting and say, okay, if we go down this path, really the next logical step then is we have a power five that break off and they just have their own level. You know, they're, they're, uh, what is it? Autonomous five or whatever we want to call that and they have their own level and that's that's it well i mean it, it is kind of that way on a power five right now but i mean listen let's be honest with you the pac-12 is basically defunct anymore with yeah. their bad leadership so yeah. i mean I, I still am a firm believer by 2024 you work towards this right you expand the college football playoff to six teams okay and it's not automatic qualifiers or anything it's just it's a committee the way you have it it's six teams But what you do is you eventually get to the point where there's four super conferences of 16 teams, right? And that's a mesh of, you know, teams coming from the Pac-12 and the Big 12. There was one more thing of realignment. And then you all stay just like the, like the old, you know, mobsters back in the day and the the crime families where they sit around the table and they go, okay, these are the rules, guys. It's our rules. We play by them. And, and, and guess what? Maybe basketball and baseball is, is not the same as football. Well, guess what? It's not the same right now. Let's make sense to where we can keep college football the way it is, but also also work with the times in 2019 as opposed to just saying, well, it's the way it's always been done since the 30s, so let's do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, the cheese always moves, right? When did they write that book, Who Moved My Cheese? What, 15, 20 years ago? And, and, uh, yeah, it's still selling. It's still selling, right? <laughs> it is because the theory is still true. It's pretty rock solid. So... um the only thing that doesn't change, though, is that this time of year, on a uh, Tuesday, Peter Burns is getting ready to watch a lot of football on the weekend. But in the meantime, 
You're going to whip up on Todd Walker in some uh, – what was the game again you're playing again? Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. A little, a little Fortnite. Although, however, I will, I will say this. Um, I am trying to finagle away my, you know, my daughter or my son is, uh, I, I got a, a baby boy on the way on Halloween. So I'm trying to get one more, let my mom, let mama allow me to do one more road trip down to Mississippi so I can go play Mossy Oak in, uh, in old Waverly. So, um, yeah. I, I need you to help me do the Lord's work and, um, uh, and, and convince my wife to let that happen. It, let me just tell you, like, I'm not the be all end all, but I know a few people. And Peter, I'm being serious when I say this. If you run into a roadblock and you need some help, let me know. I'll do whatever I can. Really. That's why you're the best, bud. <laughs> All right, man. Good luck in Fortnite, and uh, we'll be watching this weekend. Thank you, Peter. Later, Matt. See you, All right. See you, man. Peter Burns, ESPN SEC Network, on your radio. It's always interesting to talk with him. Didn't really know we would get into that, but we did. You know, this. Just came out this week, well, the last couple of days, that this quarterback at the University of Houston, who'd been there, good player, maybe he'd gotten a little banged up. I'm not familiar with all of the story. I just know he has you know, a new head coach in Dana Holgerson, a staff that didn't recruit him. And now, with a few games into the year, he has decided he's going to sit out the rest of the year, preserve his eligibility, you know, maintain this year as a redshirt, and be able to be a graduate transfer and just pick a school. So here, after being their quarterback and coming into the year, and just decided that's it for me. I'm going to sit out and go play somewhere else next year. May happen more. Here we go in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. More to come. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Peter Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network. Always good to catch up with him. Busy guy. Playing video games today. Got some interesting, uh, you know, speculation. Yeah. And, uh, Ideas. Well, and the one thing we do know, Rogers, if we pay attention, everything that we know about the makeup of college athletics is all going to change at some point. It's just a matter of when. It's not all well, going to stay the same. Well, it's been a constant change. Yeah. You know, from leather helmets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. You know, there was a time where thinking about giving red shirting players four games to play in was just. You know, you never even consider that. And then look I at think, us now. You have that. So, a lot of the guys are so comfortable. I, I've noticed lately watching uh, the games that the, they don't even feel like it's necessary to keep their helmets on. <laughs> so, yeah. I think they've gotten pretty comfortable out there. <laughs> pretty comfortable. Yeah. What about that? Next thing you know, they'll be going barefoot. <laughs> well, we used to have barefoot punters. Remember that? Oh, God. When was the last time you saw one of those? Been a while. When last time somebody stepped on them? <laughs> with, their, with their cleats. <laughs> yeah. Barefoot punters out there making tackles. 
craziness. You want to be a part of the show? All right, so here's a number, 995-1059. That's the number to call for the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Feel free to give me a call. You can also text the show, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Or 885-3776. Unnamed texter says, which program do you think is the most disarray right now, Tennessee or Arkansas? I would have to say Arkansas, huh? That's the way it looks to me. A big article came out yesterday. Pete Thamel. Who's he writing for now? I think he was, does he still write for SI, Sports Illustrated? Where he really took um, Philip Fulmer to task for what is, you know, it was obvious. He did some, you know, some sabotage stuff for the previous AD and then got himself the interim AD job. And everybody pretty much knows, like, at some point, he's going to fire Jeremy Pruitt if this continues and make himself coach, which is what he's been trying to do now for, what, how many years? 25 years? <laughs> it ain't been that long. No, it ain't been that long. 15 years. I was off by a decade. So he really took them to task, the leadership at Tennessee, but just in terms of on the field right now, it looks more like Arkansas is the one that's sort of in disarray. You were. Do you remember when Arkansas, air quotes, went down? What year was that? Well, um, it's been recent. It was. Would you? Well, I mean, it was. Bielema's time there as as being good, good times. Well, I don't know if they would. I mean, they ultimately fired him, you know, and I guess he came in after Petrino. They had it rolling with Bobby Petrino and the motorcycle wreck. Yeah. That's what you're pointing at, everything, right? Yeah, everything uh-huh. changed. Yep. It just seems so odd that they have not been able to recover by now. I mean, they are serious about football over there like everybody yeah. else. Right. I mean, and the, and the and the fans, I mean, they're just as, as fanatical as any of them. I know, and they had some good teams, you know, under Brett Bielema there for a few years. Just not great by any stretch. And not Arkansas. Not Arkansas good. That's right. That's it. And, and probably what they do is they probably just chalk it up to – they just did not make the right hire after the Bobby Petrino fallout. And my goodness, it's kind of hard to do it. You weren't planning on it. You didn't see it coming. And so that that began the, the downfall for them. But both those programs right now do feel like they have coaches who are already in year number two, sort of lame duck. I hate to say it. It's the way they feel. They're just the, the guy between the last one and the next one. That's just kind of what they are. Nick the rebound coach. The rebound coach. Nick says Moorhead better make sure that every player that is suspended has a game left for the egg bowl. Every single one of them. That's the way it works, Nick. It records don't matter. What you see in these other games leading up to that don't matter. They'll all play in the egg bowl. Just go ahead and get ready. In state recruiting and momentum and bragging rights and stuff are just, you know, way too important to everybody. Way too important. All right, and then uh, an unnamed texter says, hopefully it'll be like when Jackie Sherrill sold his soul to the devil. I left the game thinking it was done. Then heard the stadium screaming. An Auburn fan let us watch the last two minutes on his TV at the RV. What are you talking about? 99? That was 20 years ago. Is that the one? (laughs) 20 years ago. Listen, Roger, last week at the football film study dinner we had in Vicksburg. Some really nice people drove up from 
Port Gibson and came to that event, which is not too far from there, you know. Yeah. Just between there and uh, Natchez. And they came up, and afterwards I got to talk to him. Just some great people, some good old boys. And one of them told me the story, his story, his perspective on that 1999 Auburn game when we had to come back. And state fans have always been so kind to me that that's the, the game I played in they remember, and they chose to forget all the rest of them, which I'm really thankful for. Well, you picked a good one, didn't you? Yeah, I did, right. And so he told me that he went to that game. And he started the story by saying, I met two other buddies in Jackson, and we drove to Selma, Alabama to spend the night before the game, the three of us in a one-bed hotel room. (laughs) Don't believe I'd have told that. And he said, they go to the game. He said, and his one buddy, he he said, I'm just going to be honest with you, it was not me. He said, but I had one buddy who was about – Five minutes left, had seen enough. He was sick of it. And he said, let's go. And he said that they left the stadium. Left. And he said, Matt, we were within eyesight of the stadium when we heard Hail State playing the fight song and the fans going nuts. We could still see the stadium when that comeback happened. He said, so we missed it and all this. He goes, and I'm just going to tell you, the next morning I went to Sunday school and my Sunday school teacher said to me, hey, y'all went to the game, didn't you? You were there for that, right? He said, I, I said, yeah, we were there. He said, the teacher goes, now tell the truth. Did y'all leave before it was over? He said, Matt, I'm just going to be honest with you. I told a flat-out lie right there in Sunday school. He said, I told my teacher, no, we didn't leave. <laughs> we stayed for the whole thing. <laughs> we're still on campus. He said, I have felt bad this entire time because I just straight-up lied right to her face right to their face, in Sunday school, and wouldn't fess up that we actually walked out of the stadium. Repent. And, yeah, and this <laughs> this guy, he, he really did feel like he needed to make sure that I knew that that was totally against his character to leave a game early. <laughs> and I, I said, man, it's 20 the, years the, ago. And the one time you do. It's 20 years ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's over. Um. Somebody, uh, Miko is texting me here, and he says, Matt, the kid from Mississippi that just decided to transfer, I forget his name, is state in on his recruitment, and I don't know who it is, Miko. I don't know. Uh, that'd be a good question for somebody else who kind of keeps up with it a little closer. I get whiffs of recruiting stuff every now and then. I get interested. I see the right kind of thing on Twitter, but I don't read about it every day, and I don't, I'm not sure who the player is or, or any of that, so I can't answer your question right now. Hey, listen, please, if you're tuning in right now, Stick around because I want to run an idea by you. In a conversation with my dad that started actually online on Facebook, something we saw on Facebook, the light bulb went off and I thought of an idea for this radio show that's something we ought to do here. You know, a lot of radio shows have a, not a shtick, but they have different segments, different Little things that they'll do throughout the week, especially during football season. I have an idea, something that we need to start doing on this radio show. And we can do it every week. Maybe at a certain time of the week. I'm going to tell you what the idea is next. And it involves a squirrel. <laughs> just just hang with me. I'll tell you what it is. Roger, how's that for a tease? Sounds great. Walk softly and carry a big stick. (laughs) Or a big squirrel. Anyway, I'll tell you what it is next. Y'all stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Well, you, you always know I'm back, don't you, Roger, when I slam my hand into the microphone accidentally. Yeah. yeah. You're better than a lot of folks. <laughs> like these guys that, that, that do these interviews for these uh, uh-huh. like the, at the, uh, local broadcasts, like a, a football game, and the guest takes off the headset while the uh, the host is still wrapping up the interview. You know, like, yeah. well, I'm, I'll be, where are you going in such a, <laughs> that you can't wait? For this guy to wrap it up and talk. Yeah, well, those headphones are hot, I guess, on your ears. <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it sounds like. All right, back on the show. All right, so here's the deal. This is things, sometimes ideas aren't always just totally spontaneous. They usually are brought about by something. You see something, hear something, read something, and then the light bulb goes, boom, there it is. Oh, wow, that's a good idea. I think I have a good idea. Now, I'm telling you all this for sheer entertainment because I'm not really open to suggestions. (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I like this idea. This is my idea. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) I just want you to know how it came about because I find it. I think you'll find it interesting. On Facebook, I saw this thing. Roger, it is a picture of a kid's backpack with a little red squirrel down in the bottom of it. Now, the squirrel has gone to heaven at some point. This is only his earthly remains. Okay? Well, I like to see him. Yeah. Like it's out on the, in your road, you know, that kind of thing. Now, it's not mush flat or anything like that. It's a dead squirrel. <laughs> you always, I've always wondered why there's not more of them. And it's, that, on those wires like it's right. It's just nestled right down. Almost looks like he's sleeping down in the bottom of this kid's backpack. Okay. But and, and as I tell you this story about this dead squirrel and what it what I thought of, I need to probably get on in here with this. I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity to play this. So I'm just driving home and I'm after sundown and what to my delight. Five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. Yeah, there's five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. If I can run them over, everything will be all right. See that possum gravy, what a wonderful sight. Five pounds of possum in my headlights tonight. <laughs> all right. Let me tell you the story. Snoopy like the Facebook post that had a picture of the uh, backpack and the squirrel down in the bottom of it said this. When the principal calls to tell you that your son has made her day, so you get excited for the good news, only to find out that the faculty has discovered a dead squirrel in his backpack, your son's backpack. And then it says, parentheses, yeah, that $50 Pottery Barn backpack. Well, there's your first mistake right there. Then it says, when asked by the principal what possessed him to pick up this dead squirrel and store it in his backpack, 
My son replies with, quote, I just really wanted squirrel dumplings for dinner tonight. <laughs> and she, then okay. she, she. There's a case for reincarnation right there. <laughs> he obviously is an old guy from Civil War times. <laughs> squirrel dumplings. <laughs> He's reincarnated. Look, <clears throat> then she asks if I actually do want the squirrel to come home with him. And the mother posted, y'all. I had to explain that we are from the country, but we're not that country. <laughs> Sorry if any of you actually eat squirrel dumplings. I don't mean that to be offensive. She said, quote, it looks so peaceful lying there in his bag. And then she sent me this picture. And there's the picture, the kid's backpack with a little squirrel down in the bottom. And she put hashtag life with boys, hashtag Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Isn't that great? Look, all right, so here's where the story progresses. My dad, I sent it to him and said, Dad, there's hope in the world yet. My dad loves squirrel and dumplings. I have eaten them many times. They're not properly done, I understand, unless the head is included. I've never had the head, but I have had squirrel. and That's all the flavor is. I've had fried squirrel that we shot on squirrel hunts and have had the spit the shot out in the plate. <laughs> That's a true story. Very clamp it moment. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, you're just eating around the table and then bang. You know what I mean? It'd be perfect if the plates were tin. It would, wouldn't it? Like Man, moment. we're just eating. Boy, this this squirrel is good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. So I posted it. Sent it to my dad, and he said this. Nothing wrong with squirrel and dumplings, unless dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and he says at the end of this, he says this, Roger. He says, and I could give you a list of unlesses. And then my light bulb went off. I would like to do a segment once a week. We'll try it here during football season. Called our list of unlesses. The weekly list of unlesses. For example, Auburn's going to beat Mississippi State this weekend. Unless. <laughs> and then I give you the unless. Now, my cousin, who uh, also was a uh, quarterback at Prattville High School, won a state championship there in 1984. He said, unless Auburn misses the bus. He's a big Auburn fan, and Chris can kiss my fanny. If you're listening right now, Chris. But Roger, I we're going to do it, um, and we'll start it later in the week. And I'll put my list together. And every week, as we get a little closer to the weekend, we'll take a look at games. And we already have Wyatt's winners. That takes up that fills a little bit of time. <laughs> but at some point later in the week, we're going to have the first one ever. The weekly list of unlesses. The list of unlesses. The list of unlesses. Sounds like something out of Game of Thrones. And it does, isn't it? <laughs> Alabama will beat Ole Miss. Unless. <laughs> the list of unlesses. <laughs> now, 
I, Roger, it's not like you don't have something to do already, and I'm and I totally understand that. But if you want to take that little deal and have some fun with it and make me a quick intro with your voice, your radio goober voice. <laughs> <laughs> For the Boy, list. What are you talking about? <laughs> the list of unlesses. I talk this way all the time. And each week. <clears throat> okay. Jeremy Pruitt's going to be fired at Tennessee. Unless, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless he's got pictures of the president uh, that are unflattering. You know, I just, well, it won't, it won't be comical. We'll do a real one. But it's going to be it. I mean, and I thought, okay, there's the thing. I don't know how to come up with ideas like that. It just has to happen. It all started with a dead squirrel that a kid picked up, put in his backpack, and it led to something my dad said about it on Facebook. So we're going to have the list of unlesses before the weekend is up. Well, it's, it's not as euphonious as Wyatt's winners. Right. Or uh, as uh, prestigious as keys to victory. Right. Then don't, don't you do those on the broadcast? Well, yeah, the three keys yeah. to victory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's used to be... Uh, we do the three keys to victory brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank. And then I'd go, Land Bank! And for years now, people have been walking up to me going, Land Bank! <laughs> Works, man. Yeah. You have branded them, literally. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So um, the list of unlesses. And we can do this because I don't have a lisp. Um, <laughs> otherwise, this is one that we would not be able to do. This, this could get messy <laughs> if you had a lisp. Oh, isn't that great, though? Kid, I mean, and there's the picture. Well, it's cruel to name a condition. Well, it is. With a name that the person with the condition can never say. Can never say it. I mean, it can't say it. Wait, and we talked about this. this. (laughs) Well, we talked about it last night. Onomatopoeia. You know what that is, right? Isn't that like some kind of repetitive? No, it's when the word sounds sounds like what you're trying to say, like the word pow. Oh, okay. Or, bo- or boom or bam. Like, think Batman. Yeah, think Batman. With the intro, yeah. Right, that's onomatopoeia, right? Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of a play on that almost. The word lisp, I mean, I think they came up with it to describe a lisp. Oh, I see what you're saying. See what I'm saying? It's sort of onomatopoeia. Hmm. Hey, and look, I don't want to hear anything from anybody on the text line because at least it's not candy bars. Well, I think uh, Chris also did a segment at, in the first hour on punctuation. <laughs> and when you, when you said ellipsis, when you said dot, 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 I was thinking, <laughs> oh, God, uh, here we go, ellipsis. It was one of the greatest jokes I've ever seen on Twitter. Steve Martin, the comedian, posted, something's wrong with my colon, and then he posted a semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miko, okay, so Charles Moore. Yeah, Charles Moore... He's from Louisville, went to Auburn, and is transferring out of there. He's in JUCO. They say he's going to Jones. And I, I don't know if Mississippi State's recruiting him or not. I honestly don't. Somebody on the text line said, if you've ever had squirrels chew their way into your house or your attic and you can hear them through um, scrambling around up there, then you no longer like squirrels. Then a dead squirrel is a good thing. I had that. I had one who Absolutely. chewed a hole in the... Fascia, and I, when I pull up in my driveway, I could see him looking at me through the hole. That one bit the dust. No further details. The word will get out, and then there'll be another one. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we have a vacancy. It's white. I had to have the whole hole. I'd spray that foam and some chicken wire in there to finally keep them out. Uh huh. Yeah. 
All right, one less squirrel. All right, see you all tomorrow. Enjoyed it.